Folks, have you checked out the Irish History Podcast shop recently? Right now, I have a sale of 30% off everything when you use the code SALE30. So go to irishhistorypodcast.ie forward slash shop and get 30% off everything when you use the discount code SALE30. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hi, folks, and welcome to the Irish History Podcast. My name is Finn DeWire, and this is a bonus episode arising out of my last show, Fatal Feuds Part 2. During that podcast, I mentioned that a fairly minor figure from medieval Ireland, the Lord of Tethmoy, Peter de Birmingham, became one of the most notorious men during the Middle Ages after an atrocity he committed in 1305. While I had intended to return to that atrocity later in the episode, I forgot but subsequently, Brenda from Philadelphia was in touch, asking what was so notorious that it could make Peter de Birmingham stand out in what was already an age ravaged by extreme violence. The answer is an intriguing anecdote from the early 14th century, worthy of an episode in the series Game of Thrones. For those of you unfamiliar with Game of Thrones, the title of today's show comes from an episode called The Red Wedding, which saw one family treacherously and brutally wipe out a rival family when they were guests at a wedding. While the events that I'm about to recall don't take place around a wedding, the treachery and brutality involved is disturbing. Peter de Birmingham, the Lord of Tethmoy, was born in the second half of the 13th century. The heir to his grandfather's lands in Tethmoy a frontier lordship in the Midlands of Ireland, Peter was what you might describe as a second-rate noble in the Norman colony. He certainly did not rank amongst the most powerful lords of the age, men such as his contemporaries, Richard de Burgh, the Red Earl of Ulster, or John Fitzthomas, the Lord of Offaly. In fact, in 1289, de Birmingham had entered an agreement with John Fitzthomas, where he agreed to wear Fitzthomas's livery, basically making him the Lord of Offaly's man. Peter de Birmingham clearly then was not a figure who shaped history. However, in 1305, he perpetrated a heinous crime that catapulted him from the footnotes of history books to claiming a moniker of one of the most notorious men of the late Middle Ages. The origins 
of the Birmingham's notoriety lay in his lands of Tethmoy, which were situated in the northeast corner of modern County Offaly. Now, like all noble families in the Anglo-Norman colony of Ireland, the de Birminghams had a complex relationship with the native Gaelic Irish. While the Gaelic Irish had been dispossessed of most of their lands after the Norman invasion, they nevertheless held significant power in the Midlands. Overshadowing the de Birmingham lands of Tethmoy were the Schlieve Bloom Mountains, a ridge of hills which, while scarcely reaching 500 metres in height, provided a natural fortress for disgruntled Gaelic rebels who frequently attacked the colony. Furthermore, even within the colony itself, many Gaelic families had remained on after the conquest, working on Norman manors and in towns that sprang up across the region. Now, the most significant of all these Gaelic families were the O'Connor Follies. As the one-time kings of the Midlands, the O'Connor Follies resented the presence of the Normans, and violence between them and the settlers waxed and waned through the 13th century. By the closing years of that century, the Normans were increasingly struggling to maintain control, and Tethmoy and the surrounding regions had become a frontier area where raids and violence were common. De Birmingham and his liege lord, the neighbouring Lord of Offaly, John Fitzthomas, were frequently at war with the O'Connors, and in 1289, Colvoc O'Connor, had even defeated Peter de Birmingham in battle. However, in spite of this, life in the Midlands was not just a story of constant violence, but instead it was tempered with periods of relative peaceful coexistence. For example, in the late 13th century, de Birmingham and his lord, John Fitzthomas, appeared to have come to some form of accommodation with the O'Connor Folly dynasty. Symbolically, Peter de Birmingham had acted as godfather to the son of Murkertoch O'Connor and had assumed the role of co-sponsor at the confirmation of Mazer O'Connor, that was Calvoc O'Connor's son. However, even after this development, relations were fraught and violence frequently broke out along the frontier. This made day-to-day life difficult and dangerous. In 1297, Norman authorities in nearby Kildare hanged Nicholas Thorne as a spy. Five years later, in 1302, a woman, Isabella Cadle, was stripped of all her possessions when she was convicted by colonial authorities of spying for her Gaelic-Irish husband, Dermot O'Dempsey. Even in this world, where violence was all too common, events in 1305 took a turn for the worse. On June 13, 1305, the Lord of Tethmoy, Peter de Birmingham, invited Murkertoch, Calvoch and over a dozen prominent members of the O'Connor family to his seat of power, the Castle of Carrick in Carberry, under the pretext of a feast. The supposed purpose of the feast was probably to re-establish a new peace in the region, and something of this nature was by no means unusual. The O'Connors, as we have already seen, had developed strong ties to the Birmingham in the 1290s. They could never in their darkest nightmares have anticipated what de Birmingham had in store for them. Now the feast itself went off without incident. However, in an incident worthy of any Game of Thrones episode, de Birmingham and his men turned on the O'Connors as soon as they had risen from the table. Unprotected and caught off guard, the O'Connors in unfamiliar surroundings had little chance. Murkertoch O'Connor, the leading member of the dynasty was killed, along with his brother Calvoc and over a dozen senior figures of the family. 
Perhaps in the darkest incident of the massacre, Calvok's young son, Mazer, who Peter de Birmingham himself had sponsored at his confirmation, was thrown to his death from the battlements of the castle. The annals of Inishvalen claim that during the massacre de Birmingham's wife, and I quote, used to give warning from the top of the castle of Annie who went into hiding, so that many were slain as a result of these warnings. By the end of that fateful night on the 13th of June, nearly all senior members of the O'Connor family had been brutally killed. However, in an act that symbolised a cruel age, the humiliation for the O'Connors was not over. After their deaths, their bodies were mutilated. The annals of Inish Fallon claimed the Birmingham decapitated the corpses and brought their heads to the royal authorities where he hoped to collect a reward. While this might sound like an exaggeration, the claim is corroborated in Norman records which account for £100 paid to de Birmingham for, and again I quote, the beheading of the captains of the races of the O'Connors of Offaly who sent the heads of the said captains and 16 other of their company. Why de Birmingham perpetrated such a barbaric act was never entirely clear. One source composed not long after the events claimed that the O'Connors were conspiring to kill Peter de Birmingham along with John Fitzthomas, the Lord of Offaly, Edmund Butler, the future Earl of Carrick, and the Red Earl of Ulster, Richard de Burgh. However, I think this seems highly implausible. James Lydon, the late great historian of medieval Ireland, interpreted the payment of £100 by royal officials to de Birmingham as evidence that they had been behind the events. A definitive answer as to why it happened is likely to remain obscure, but it certainly did not result in peace in the Midlands. The following years saw an explosion of violence in the region. The Justiciar had to summon an army as the annals of Inish Fallon stated that there was great warfare across the Midlands. While the violence of what de Birmingham had done was shocking, it was the treacherous nature of the attack that ensured it would not be forgotten. The annals of Inish Fallon saw it as a defining moment warning the Gaelic Irish not to Trust in the king's peace after that. Twelve years later, in a document addressed to the Pope about maltreatment of the Gaelic Irish, Donal O'Neill, the king of Tyrone, complained of a series of incidents where he said the Normans had mercilessly shed the blood of unsuspicious guests. In a list of examples of such incidents, it was the Birmingham's massacre at Carrick Castle in 1305 that topped the list. However, while the Gaelic Irish may have loaded the Birmingham for what he had done, he was celebrated elsewhere. When he died three years later, in 1308, he was celebrated in a poem which glorified his acts of violence. The poem, composed by a Norman, contained the lines, He was very hostile to Irishmen in all circumstances. He was always riding about in force to hunt them out as a huntsman does hares. This poem, evidence of the ever-increasing tensions between the Gaelic Irish and the Anglo-Normans, was merely a prologue to an extremely violent century that lay ahead between 1300 and 1400. The story of these years is covered in my book 1348, A Medieval Apocalypse, The Black Death in Ireland. You can get it in hardback, audiobook or ebook through my website irishhistorypodcast.ie. Until next time, Sloan.
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowl and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowl and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.